I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 210. All right, we're jumping right in. The first one is Bathroom Joker. Hello, ladies. I sent an email last week with the scariest haunted experiences about two little spirits with a very dark and angry spirit in a house rented by my dad. The end of that story was that my dad and his girlfriend moved to another house and my dad's girlfriend invited the two little kid spirits to come with them away from that very dark and scary spirit. Anyway, I'm convinced they did because we had very childlike spirit activity in the attic toy room in the new house. Totally remember this. I think it was literally on last week. Yeah. And I never remember stories. I was thinking about that story while remembering this story and others, which I'll send in the future. But I'm starting to think at least one of those little kid spirits followed me to my mom and stepdad's house when my dad and his girlfriend moved to Spokane. I would hear and see movement in my closet. Why is it always the closet? Things would go missing only to show up in the middle of an empty floor later. And a couple of times, I felt someone touch me or jump on my bed when no one was there. So anyway, in this story, I was in middle school. My sister is still in grade school. And my mom didn't get home from work until an hour or so after we got home from school. My stepdad's mom lived in a mother-in-law apartment in the backyard. So while us kids weren't exactly alone until my mom got home, we were technically alone in the house. Due to the bus routes, I tended to get home a few minutes before my younger sister, though her school got out earlier. On this day, my sister was supposed to go to a friend's house and not be home until that evening. I got off the bus and had to use the bathroom so bad. I ran into the house, down the hall, into the bathroom, and didn't close the door all the way. I was home alone, so whatever. It was emergency level urgency. There was a thick bath rug that drugged the bottom of the door, so it wasn't freely swinging and had to be actively pushed open and closed. The door was mostly closed, so I sat looking at the back of the door, which was open about four inches. Also, important to this story is that there was a mirror along the wall over the double sink to the side of the open door. So you could see the hallway reflected in the mirror when the door was open. Also, the light switch to the bathroom was on the outside in the hallway near the door. My sister and I would prank each other by turning the lights off while one of us was in there. While I was in the bathroom, I heard what I thought was my sister run down the hallway outside. I called out to her, but no response. There was a pause, then the footsteps ran back down the hallway, back the other way. Again, I called out to her, asking why she was home, but no answer. The footsteps started running up and down the hallway, knocking on the wall as it went, just like we did when we were pranking each other before we turned the lights off. I was scared of the dark and started pleading with my sister not to turn out the lights. The running and knocking went back and forth as I pleaded. Then, suddenly, the footsteps swerved into the bathroom door with a physical impact. I saw and heard the bathroom door be shoved inward across that thick bath rug. The carpet fibers were flattened where the door moved over them. I slammed my hands against the side of the door, yelling at my sister that I was in here. Stop it. I looked up into the mirror and no one was there. If someone was, I would have seen their reflection. For a split second, I felt a weight pushing on the outside of the door. Then the weight released, the footsteps ran down the hallway, into my bedroom, and the bedroom door slammed shut. Every hair on my body stood up. The house was eerily silent. My heart was pounding so hard. I finished in the bathroom, checked the house. No one was there. I was alone, but I had the very strong feeling of being watched, especially in my bedroom. I took my book and went outside, sitting in the carport until my mom got home. Thank you, ladies. Love the podcast. Lolly. I don't like to be pranked like that. Not not in the bathroom. The light has to stay on in the bathroom. You're so terrified of Bloody Mary and Candyman. Yes. Why do you have to say their names? Oh, God. You want me to do it again? No. 
and again no <laughs> and again no <laughs> and seriously creep mom will say it just to like prompt the ghost when we're playing phasmophobia and in my head i say like chicken little chicken little chicken little so i won't say it because you know how i mouth words and mm-hmm. shit like i just will say the most random asinine things so i don't say it so i can't make fun of anyone who has superstitions also, we recorded Saturday during the day, and I turned on the light in Carrie's hallway, and she was like, in the daytime? Yes. It's still the darkest hall ever. I get it at night. You literally can't see anything. But during broad daylight, like, you could see everything. Mm-mm. And not when you close the doors. That hallway is dark. Not as spooky as her hallway. Mm-mm. No, that's true. I don't want any little pitter-patter. Unless it's my dog, because that's how I know he needs his nails clipped. <laughs> And I don't want to hear that because I'm lazy. I don't want to do it. Oh my gosh. Same. Okay, the next one. Late night visitor. I just sent in a quick sinister sightings literally less than 10 minutes ago about my little crotch goblin. And I was listening to the latest podcast where Donna was talking about her cameras and it sparked my oh my gosh moment. And I had to share a creepy thing that happened to me and my husband because I know you guys will appreciate it. The other night, I was late night Walmart plus delivery ordering for a 9 a.m. drop off. And the next thing I know, it was 1.30, clearly losing track of time and window shopping for way too long after placing my order. I finally crashed and ended up knocking out cold. I was in that REM sleep right away after a long Labor Day weekend with family and friends and my son's football games. Around 12.30, I had done my fifth walk around the house checking on the kids, checking windows, doors, because hello, I listen to shit like this and it makes me 10 times more paranoid about people trying to clearly kill me and watch way too much Criminal Minds for my own good. Kidding, obviously. So earlier in the night, before finally quadruple verbally checking that the cameras were armed, you know, the Ziggy, arm the wireless cameras. Your wireless cameras are armed. Yep, all set. Got my confirmation again. Let's not talk about how many times I looked to check and see if they were all working. But I digress. I was finally asleep when all of a sudden, in my sleep, I heard from Ziggy. It's just an Alexa in a man's voice who we renamed via the app. Along with a ding to my phone. Motion detected at the garage. I woke up and my eyes about popped out of my damn head. Uh, no, thank you. I actually yelled out loud. Side note, guys, I live in Vermont, originally from Connecticut near New Haven, but I'm in a suburban neighborhood now, and we're surrounded by woods and backed up to a farm, and it's prime corn season, so anything is possible. Bears, deer, possums, raccoons, you name it, they may all be outside. But where's my head go? There's some mother lover outside trying to break in, and I'm not about that me and my babies may die kind of life. Back to the story. I nudge my husband, who is a veteran and has a semi-normal, you know, probably nothing mind state normally and calls me nuts for having said cameras anyway. And I go, babe, Ziggy went off. It's 2.48 a.m. motion by the garage. He goes, "Uh uh-oh, and jumps up. I grab my phone and I try to get the cameras to pull up and see, but it's naturally moving slow. So I jumped up, unlocked the gun safe and grabbed my nine millimeter and run out to the living room where my husband's standing there looking outside saying there's nothing there. He goes and looks around other windows and there's still nothing. Our neighbor's motion light hasn't even went off. Super weird. He looks over at me and goes, really, babe, you grabbed the gun? I go, I'm sorry, when I can't see what's out there, I'm grabbing my gun. You could be dead out here. I'm not running my ass out here to find out the hard way. 
This isn't one of those movies where I die first, not sorry. He just shakes his head at me and starts laughing. One more peek out the window and he is content with finding nothing and he hops in the bed. Unaffected. Me? Nope. I need to see what just happened because, you know, someone may be trying to kill me. Not even three minutes later, I finally get into my notifications and he rolls over and looks at me as I'm chuckling to myself. And he goes, seriously, babe, you got me out of bed for that? Y'all, it was a motherfucking straight cat at 2 a.m. trying to get into our house through the AC vent to have a house party with our other two cats. He goes, you really got the gun for a cat. I go, we didn't know it was a cat at the time. I couldn't get the camera to pull up. So now it's a running joke between the two of us and our eight-year-old son thinks it's the funniest thing that our two black cats were trying to have a house party at 2.45 a.m. and got caught by mommy and our five-year-old says that we need to give the cat a home. Pray for me, y'all. This may be the biggest case of crying wolf for my husband now. He hates these cameras. Signed, Cursed. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten out of bed without checking those cameras. Uh Uh-uh. And I know, like, they said that it was running slow or whatever, but still. mm -mm. One time we did because it said somebody's at your front door, and we couldn't get it to pull up. And it was like, wait, somebody's like, it says somebody. Is it, you know, usually it'll say motion detected, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if it says somebody is, like, it's like somebody. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. I would protect myself however I need to when uh, it is unknown out there. But I'm glad that it was just a stray cat. But damn, through the AC vent? Cats be wiggling. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the, like, just most random thing you've ever said. (laughs) Almost like cocky buzzard. (laughs) Cats be wiggling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They do how they get through that. (laughs) They do. They get into some shit. (laughs) Yeah, they really do. Okay, the next one. Hi, Donna and Carrie. Just wanted to send some more spooky stories. I previously submitted a story about the wallpaper and doppelganger. And as if that was not terrifying enough, I have some others. Let's back up to 2018. We lived in a different house across town. I was a working mother and going back to school for my master's degree. I worked by day and did all my coursework at night after my two-year-old went to bed. My husband would spend his evenings on the back patio smoking cigars or going to bed and watching TV. I would stay up most nights writing papers and doing research until 1 in the morning, only to get up at 4 to go for my run with my dog and get ready for work at the hospital. My life was quite exhausting. There have been odd happenings in this house over the years. They are very random and vary from hearing and seeing things to little inconsistencies like items moved or my personal favorite, my keys lost. We could go months at a time without something happening, but when things did happen, it was unforgettable. The ones I'm telling you today are the most scariest moments. Picture it. I'm sitting at my kitchen table, knocking out a paper for class. My house is one big giant circle of entryways from the dining room, living room, and kitchen. The master bedroom is off the kitchen. I thought I saw my husband walk across from our bedroom to the living room. I look up and walk into the dining room to meet him in the living room. I literally open my mouth to tell him something and stop short because he wasn't there. I look around the living room, walk toward the kitchen and our bedroom, and our bedroom door is shut. I walk in and he's sound asleep in the bed. I immediately ran across the house to check on our two-year-old. She's also sound asleep in her bed. No one is in the house. I searched, and our exterior doors are locked. I didn't see my husband, but I saw someone in my peripheral walking, and I would only assume it was him. I literally saw them, felt their presence, only to be stopped dead in my tracks with my mouth hanging open in confusion. 
Fast forward later that year, my sweet friends had a graduation party for me. My mom came in town to stay with our daughter, and my husband and I went to the party. We had just closed on our new house and had boxes all over the place. We came home super late. I was in the kitchen getting the coffee prepared for the next morning, and my husband was in the shower getting ready for bed. I'm filling the water for the coffee pot, and as I turn, I see a woman standing in the entryway of the dining room, just staring at me. I gasped and sloshed water all over my kitchen floor. When I blinked, she was gone. Y'all, I think I fear farted. I was scared out of my mind. For a brief moment, I thought it was my mom. So I ran to the back of the house and both my mother and my daughter were asleep. I wondered if she showed herself to me and was angry because we were moving. I never actually saw someone until that night. This is after a decade of living in that home. As for my hospital stories, I worked at the same hospital for five years. I'm in IT and of course, we're located in the basement. My office was across the hall from the morgue. Hospitals are unique places, honestly. It's a revolving door of energy, a place where life begins and ends. All the energy from the trauma and also happy endings. I don't have anything too exciting except for the man I saw in the hall mirror. The basement was a giant square. I was coming out of the mailroom and looked up at the hall mirror where the hallways intersect. I saw a person in a ball cap at weird speed almost a glide, racing towards where I was walking. I get to the intersection of the halls and no one's there. There are no doors where this person could have easily exited. My office always had a weird vibe to it too. Like I was never truly alone. Lights would flicker, doors would randomly unlock, but that was about it. I hope you enjoyed my stories. I love listening to your podcast every week while getting ready, doing chores around the house, or simply putting my earbuds in at work. Nothing like a good I survived or milk carton mini episode while I work. My husband's from Gulfport, Mississippi, and when we visit my in-laws, I pass through Hattiesburg on the way. I think of you ladies every time I drive through. I always stop and get my Ward's burger and root beer while I'm there, too. Keep up the podcast. You have so many fans that love to listen every week. Love and hugs from Tennessee, Liz. Now, I do love a Ward's big one. Ward's has messed my stomach up too many times. I haven't been there in over years. Um, Ward's is like a local fast food chain and they're really known for their chili cheese dogs and like chili cheese burgers and that's what they call a big one. They have a big one and a little one. Those are the chili cheese burgers and their root beer. Like it's like their own root beer. Yeah. So if you uh, see I don't like root beer. So but everybody that loves root beer loves Ward's root beer. Mm-hmm. Like how everybody loves McDonald's Sprite, Ward's root beer. Yeah. And you could get it in a frosted mug when mm-hmm. you eat in there. Oh, I always felt so cool doing that. Yeah, but their hot fudge sundays on point. <laughs> but yeah, it hurts my stomach and I, nope. But my mom used to have a bumper sticker because their whole slogan is like, Honk if you like big ones. Yes. And my mom had one on her truck. I don't want to see anyone in my house that isn't there. I hate that. When you just think you saw someone out of the corner of your eye and you look and you haven't seen anyone. I don't like it. And the blonder my hair, the more that shit happens. Oh, gosh. I feel like it's the floaters in my eyes that I see sometimes. <laughs> Meanwhile, your husband out there just smoking cigars, watching TV, and you about to <laughs> working you a little hard away. <laughs> there ain't no shot in hell I could wake up at 4 o'clock after going to bed at 1. Especially to fucking work out. Hell no. That's why I gained so much weight in grad school. <laughs> just kidding. It's because I just existed. <laughs> I don't wake up and work out ever. Me either. I wish I did. Like, I wish I wanted to because I'm not not a morning person. 
But some days I am. Some days I'm just like, must sleep longer. I feel like I did that to you in college. You really did, because I was a morning person. I really, I showed you the snooze button. You did. I never snoozed before that. And now I have like five alarms like she does. Colby is rubbing off on me, though, because some mornings I have to wake up at six for work, and some mornings I get to wake up at seven. And on the mornings that I have to wake up at six, my alarm goes off, I hit it once. But the mornings I have to wake up at seven, it's like a full hour. (laughs) Yeah. So there are some days that I can just get up. Man, if I go to bed like at 10, I'm going to be up at five the next morning. My body cannot handle it. But am I productive at that point? No. I should be. I should be like, oh, this is amazing. I can get all of this done. But I don't. If I go to bed at 10 and you just let me sleep, I'm going to wake up at 8.30. I think it really just depends on like the level of my depression. Because some days like I can go to bed at 1, get up at 4 and be fine. Other days I can go to bed at 10 and wake up at like 11 and then hate myself that I slept so long. But I haven't done that in a long time. But will I nap the day away? Certainly. And I don't like hospitals at all anyway. Like, I don't know. I just have an aversion to them. It's just like sick. It's just filled with sick to me, you know? And so I'm just like, oh God, and bleach, the smell of bleach. Okay, the next one. I feel the earth move under my feet. And you didn't sing that? I didn't. I'm not a singer. I mean, me neither. It would have sounded terrible, but I still would have done it. Yeah, you do it. I don't want to do it. Donna, Carrie, and esteemed colleagues. Hello, I love your podcast. I hole up in my office every day and listen at work. Don't worry, I keep the door closed. I work for a credit union and the last thing I want is someone from HR or a customer walking by and making direct eye contact with me while they hear y'all talking about how someone's feet and nipples were systematically removed. Anyway, I do not apologize for the length of this story. Also, it's really a story from my mom. Friends and family always ask her to tell this when we get together because it's such a roller coaster. This took place in a small town in Alabama in the 1970s. There was a girl, let's say Mavis Matthews, who was a senior in high school. I'm not sure why she was so unpopular with everyone, but based on the way everything happened, she evidently was not very well liked. So Mavis skipped school with her boyfriend and another guy to go cruising one day. I can't say for sure what was happening in their Camaro, but the driver lost control and it crashed. The boyfriend was killed on impact and the friend was thrown from the car with only minor injuries. Mavis did survive the accident, but unfortunately she had a very long road to recovery, which involved about a year in the hospital and a lot of rehab afterward. Incidentally, she needed a lot of dental work and had to relearn how to speak and walk. Meanwhile, across town, my grandfather was the local dentist and people often called his house directly to make appointments. Both he and my grandmother would take these calls. My grandfather also had a really great sense of humor and was a major prankster. This was the 70s and people were a little less sensitive about, well, I guess everything. I'm not going to say my mom and her friends were bullies. I mean, they weren't throwing tampons at Carrie White in the showers at school, but they did like to call my grandfather and torture him by pretending to be other people. They didn't cancel people's appointments or anything, but they did like to mess with him a lot. One day, Mavis called my grandparents' house to make changes to an appointment and was apparently very hard to understand on the phone. Obviously, after everything she had been through. So my grandfather, at his wit's end with my mom and her pranks, decides to surprise attack my mom and call bluff on her pretending to be Mavis. Well, cringe. 
It was actually Mavis. My mom came in the door right after, leaving him very confused and demanding to know how she managed this. She had been at work and she told him as much. I'm guessing it was right around this moment the realization of what happened set in and he simultaneously shit his pants and crawled out of his skin. Mavis was, of course, upset at being mocked and hung up on, but she did call back and spoke to my grandmother. After a lot of apologizing and what I'm guessing was some extreme backtracking, the situation got resolved. Plot twist. A couple of years after this, Mavis was living on her own and getting her groove back and working at McDonald's. She was running that broken ice cream machine and living her best life. After all this, somehow Mavis had taken up smoking. I say somehow like it's a surprise. She had incredibly traumatic injuries and had to relearn life. The doctors probably prescribed those Benson and Hedges. But here's another interesting tidbit. Mavis never regained her sense of smell after the accident due to such severe brain trauma. One day, she was decked out in that brown polyester uniform back when McDonald's colors were brown, orange, and yellow. And our girl went to light up her cigarette directly from the gas stove. Kaboom! There is a gas leak in her house and she had no idea. Both Mavis and the house literally exploded. (gasps) My aunt lived just a few doors down and she said her windows rattled so badly she thought there was an earthquake. When I was really young, maybe 10 years after the explosion, she kept me and when I would play in the empty lot next to her house, I would find charred pieces of baby dolls and that kind of nightmare fuel. Insane. Evidently, because Mavis had been at the hospital for like a solid year and had astronomical healthcare expenses, the rumor or working theory was always that her parents rigged up the house for a life insurance payout to avoid further financial ruin. They were never actually arrested or charged. I guess everyone felt too sorry for them to do anything. I'm not sure that's actually what happened, but you know, once a small southern town makes up its mind about something, then it's settled. I do want to mention that the diplomatic grandma reference briefly in this story is now 93 and remarried to her fourth husband after my grandfather and living in northern Arkansas. Her current husband is a retired entertainer from Branson, Missouri, and we are all convinced she's a black widow. No, I'm serious. My grandfather died under mysterious circumstances when I was in high school, and there was a brief legal battle about having him exhumed. Ultimately, he was not. We've been waiting to see what kind of mysterious circumstance surrounds this poor man. She needs a totally separate email, though. I'll call it Black Widow Grandma, so you'll know when it comes in. Anyway, I really do love your podcast. Please never stop making it. I feel like y'all are friends. The Patreon material is great too, so I highly recommend that if other listeners want to join. Speaking of explosions, I will literally cream if you read this, so feel free to use my name. Love you like a sister, Zach. Also, he's going to cream now, but uh, he's meeting us in Austin this year. I don't know how Mavis ever went back to your grandpa. Oh my God, I know. I would have died and not ever been able to go back. She had the worst luck. Why was everybody so mean to her, even before the accident? Yeah, I don't know. But like, especially after the accident. And then why did people feel sorry for her parents so they didn't like pursue charges and stuff? Like if they really did it, like that's weird. Yeah. Like if they did it, then they need to be punished. All right, the next one. Hello, my name is Bree and I'm still working my way through the podcast. Loving it. I've made it to the beginning of 2020 so far, and I literally went, oh shit, out loud when Donna mentioned 2020 as being the year she would finally go to Paris. (laughs) 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 Yeah. 
Look, don't let me make plans, okay? I ruin it for everyone. (laughs) I was going to keep all my stories for when I was caught up, but something happened today that I think y'all would love to hear. Sorry, Carrie, no true crime this time. A little background before the story. My house is a relatively young house, built in 1971, and only had two owners before us. And it's full of wallpaper, a bright blue bathroom upstairs, and a creepy underground storm shelter in our garage that we lovingly refer to as the dungeon. And if we ever have to use it for one of the tornadoes we get each year, I'm just going to be blown away because nope. The first owner sold it to a couple. I'm going to refer to them as the K family. The K family raised their kids with white carpet, IDK, what they were thinking, and Mr. K passed away in the house a year before we bought it from Miss K. The house was built into a hill, so the basement of the house is a walkout basement and is where we enter because that's where the driveway is. We've heard some noises and stuff from the basement where Mr. K lived at the end because he couldn't get upstairs and always refer to the noises lovingly as the basement ghost. My youngest, who I have posted about in the Facebook group because she was repeating that Z name that we don't say after an episode and now I can't listen into the car, has convos with nobody down there, so that's fun. Okay, now that you have the backstory, here's a visual of the scene of today's episode. You can come up the stairs or ride the chairlift because we got that with the house. Okay, I was so thinking, why didn't they get a chairlift? And I was thinking, well, those are pretty expensive, but then here you go, you got one. Can't wait until I'm old and can't be judged for using it. You come into the kitchen. Right in front of you is a bedroom door, which used to be the formal living room. But I'm a hermit, so I don't need a place for people to think I want them to come over and hang out and party. Just kidding kind of. To the right is the kitchen, and it's a gallery kitchen that goes back like parallel to the stairs. Hopefully that's a good enough explanation for you to visualize. So I'm sitting here in my bed during my toddler's nap time listening to episode 101 or 102. Our outdoor camera is sitting on the kitchen counter right outside my bedroom door, waiting for us to take it outside and hang it on my fiance's next day off. It's on, but disarmed because taking the batteries out is a whole process and I'm lazy. All of a sudden, from the camera, I hear, why does it feel like this? It's like tingly all over, even in my hair. I'm like, what the fuck? Are we getting interference? Which shouldn't be happening because it works through our Wi-Fi, but okay, maybe we are still getting it from the police fire station down the road. I pause the podcast so I can hear it better while I creep towards it because I'm like, Basement Ghost has never talked to us before. He makes noises and moves things. What if he's standing there? And then it starts talking again. Everything is vibrating like a purring kitten. I'm freaking out because this ghost doesn't know he's fucking dead and he's taken all my electric energy and you know that bill is already high AF. So I snatch the camera and then it says, put me down and I almost threw it. I cussed it out, started sobbing as I started fumbling with it, yelling something about how I hope the voice goes to hell because at this point, it's either a ghost or a creep hacking into my camera and start yanking the batteries out. Legit ugly crying. My watch starts buzzing. Your heart rate is abnormally high. Yeah, no shit, Garmin. The ghost is coming for me. I text my fiance somewhere between the hair tingles and the kitten purring comment about how someone is talking through the camera. My watch buzzes as soon as I get the batteries out and I see the text. It was my fiance having a coworker talk on it through the app to scare me. He feels bad because he thought I would laugh, but I'm a wuss and home alone and I have anxiety. So I was like, this is completely different than when he was afraid to even come into a room without announcing himself because I had open heart surgery at 26 years old. 
We call the date my September birthday now. It's coming up on five years here on the 15th of September. So he was afraid to startle me for the longest time because he didn't think my heart would react well. Because I know Donna's nosy like me. I had a myxoma tumor that was on the right side of my heart. They're normally on the left. His name was Alfred and he was shaped like a kidney bean. He had to be evicted because his ass was throwing blood clots around like confetti and filling my lungs. My heart's fine now, so scaring me has no effect on it, luckily. My heart rate took 40 minutes to go back to normal, and I was still shaking a good 20 minutes at least. Also, the camera captures video clips when it detects movement, so there's a clip from put me down to me cussing it out, and I've discovered when I'm terrified, I have the worst shit talk. It was like when kids cuss for the first time, and it's awkward, and they're like hesitating when they say the word because they aren't supposed to keeping that recording forever. Hope y'all got a laugh. I definitely wasn't able to laugh for a few hours. It was a long rambling email, but I can already hear y'all's laughter in my head. I have more stories, but I'll save those for a time when I'm all called up. Hope y'all are well, Brie. Oh my God. Why did you not catch that clip? Right. (laughs) I need that in my life. Also, it just reminded me of Carrie because sometimes her comebacks are so lame. Yeah. Uh, no, 1000%. I was like, <laughs> God, that is so me. Like, I wish I could be like snarky and witty and like, but no, I'm not. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I know. Well, that's what you sound like when you come. <laughs> but I wish I could. She be don't like, know. No, I don't. I wish I could be like Aaron Brockovich. Me too. And I'm not. I even saw a TikTok today and it was like, like, if I could get angry without crying, I would be unstoppable. And it's like, (laughs) it's so fucking true. Now, I used to not be like this, but now fucking waterworks over here. You know, I always wanted the waterworks when I played Monopoly. Why does my brain go to these things? But you said it and that's it. But also that is a funny prank, but I would have been terrified too. Also, I was trying to think, did Carrie ever say any of this stuff? (laughs) Like, it was a podcast saying it, but... No, same. I was like, I don't remember saying anything about it. <laughs> Certainly didn't say I was buzzing like a per cat or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like more of your love language. <laughs> okay, the next one. Hello, ladies. I'm new to your podcast, and I'm not a bit disappointed. My story takes place in 2012. In July 2011, my mother was diagnosed with liver cancer and given 6 to 12 months with chemo. After many stays in the hospital, she was placed in a nursing home with round-the-clock nursing care and placed with hospice. She was never alone as one of us were with her 24-7. As her time drew closer, she was not able to speak much and was becoming weaker and weaker. One night, about two weeks before her passing, four of us five kids were present, and we were having a hard time reaching my sister. At this time, she was on Ambien and didn't hear a thing, especially her phone ringing. Well, shortly after we hung up, my eldest nephew's phone rang with a random number, and when he answered it, there was a computerized voice that sounded like, come quickly. So one of my brothers raced over and knocked until he woke her up telling her we all needed to be there with mom. He asked where her phone was and she pointed and said it was across the room, nowhere near her. This was the last time we heard our mother's voice as she looked at each of us and said, I love you all. We were all circled around her bed along with our dad and two weeks later, she passed. We still think to this day that it was her way of making sure we were all there so she could tell each one of us that she loved us. Crazy or not, we like to think it was her. 
Sorry so long, but wanted to share. Creep it real, Julie. Julie, that was definitely her. Well, I mean, I don't know, but I think definitely. Yeah, 100%. Like, the fact that y'all tried to call, you know, couldn't get through to her, and then the nephew's phone rang and, like, had, like, a computerized voice, and it was, like, a random number and all that. No, 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 no. Meanwhile, I would not have answered that number. Yeah. Well, depending on if it's like a close number, like has our area code in it, sometimes I do answer because... Lots of doctor's appointments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But I am glad that worked out and she was able to be there for that. I'm so sorry for your loss. Losing a parent is hard. Okay, the next one. Hello, ladies. First off, just wanted to say I love the podcast. You guys get me through my extremely boring work days. I've heard you two mention The Patriot on numerous podcasts and decided to share a few experiences. My grandparents' house is on land near where The Patriot was filmed. So as you can imagine, some of the Revolutionary War took place where their house sits. So basically, I grew up in a house full of paranormal stuff. Cabinets would fly open and stuff come flying out. It will sound like stuff is being thrown around my grandma's closet and nothing is out of place. One time her closet door flew open, a big ball of light shot out and went through the bedroom door. Then it sounded like someone opening and slamming the front door, then running down the steps. My sister, when she was a child, about four or five, saw men watching her and proceeded to tell us they were wearing red jackets. There's no way a child that young would even know what color jackets the soldiers wore. There is a little girl in a white gown that will walk across the yard and then vanish. She's been seen standing by my sister in the mirror. Needless to say, now being 30, if I ever stay at my grandparents, I'm totally freaked out, even though I grew up around all of it. There is just a lot of negative energy that clouds that place. Anyway, thank you for letting me share a few experiences. You ladies, keep it spooky. I do love The Patriot. I really don't think I've ever seen it. With Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger. I really don't think I've ever seen it. Oh my god, it's good. This is probably the whole conversation we've had in the- every single episode yes. that we've mentioned it. You're probably right. Yes. And I bet from it being so close to a battlefield and everything, yeah, there's negative energy there. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just have not liked Mel Gibson since he went on that rant about, it was about uh, people who are Jewish. Remember that? Yes. I just, I just can't get behind him. I just don't love him. Yeah. That's how I feel about Alex Baldwin, too. Like Alec? What'd I say? Alex? You know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> see, I can't even say his name. Like, remember how he, like, left his daughter that oh, yeah. terrible email and stuff? And, like, people, when I they... I thought it was voicemail. Same thing. God, <laughs> can you just let me tell my lie? <laughs> She's really passionate about this. <laughs> She's a fact checker this time. <laughs> Don't piss me off. I'll tell all lies about you. <laughs> you get the point though i just am like my nephew always says you can't separate their craft from who they are no i can't you're shit human i'm not gonna support your career i'm sorry yeah 100 percent. like chris brown oh yeah won't i can't i'm not i know or r kelly no i I love that song remix to ignition but i don't listen to it anymore But, I mean, The Patriot was done before that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going to watch it still. I'm sorry. I mean, you do you, but I'm just saying, I can't. Yeah. All right. Last one. Good morning, ladies. I'm Emmy from Maine. Excuse my spelling and grammar. You guys are my favorite, and I can't stop listening to the sinister stories. Anyway, in 2011, one of my sister and I's good friend died tragically. He fell asleep at the wheel and crashed into a stop sign, causing his car to be engulfed in flames. Oh, my God. 
to the point that dental records were used to identify his body. The night he crashed, he went to my sister's house before going to a local nightclub. It's more like a dive bar. Take note that he was wearing a reddish-orange shirt. But anyway, the crash was shown on the news, the aftermath of the crash. My brother-in-law was there while the news was filming. It was his best friend. After the news aired, there were hundreds of comments saying that there was a ghost in the woods. Where he crashed was a little patch of skinny trees. In the video, they're showing the little patch of woods and you can see something walk in the trees and it's got a reddish orange shirt on. We had friends blowing up our phones. We all watched the news video dozens of times and you see the figure then disappear behind a skinny tree. My brother-in-law was there the entire time the news was filming and there was no one else there besides him, the news lady, and the cameraman. Since the news station's taken it down, you can't find it anywhere on the web. Flash forward two years, me and my then-boyfriend had just moved into the trailer my friend who passed had lived in. I was home alone unpacking and I hear a man's voice behind me say, hey, really loud, just like our friend used to when he would walk in the door without knocking. And I just said, hey, back. I used to drive by his crash site on the way to work, sometimes just to wave and say hello. One day I was on my way home from work and I drove slower past his site and waved. When I looked in my rearview mirror, I saw a figure in a reddish orange shirt. I about shit my pants, slammed on the brakes and called my sister hysterical. Sorry for the long, all-over-the-place story. Hope you share. Keep making us laugh, Emmy from Maine. Man, I wish that video hadn't been, like, scrubbed from the internet. I know, did they just take it down because they do that every so often? Or, like, did they take it down because of the stuff surrounding the video? I don't know. Because I know I've tried to look back on, like, Facebook and stuff from news Mm -hmm. things, and I can't find it anywhere. Also, don't you know that you're not supposed to look behind you if you think someone's in the car? Mm Mm-mm. Then I heard way too many, um, what are those called? Urban legends growing up? Mm-hmm. AKA, thanks, Patty Joe. That's her mama if you're new to the podcast. I think that's sweet, though, that you, like, will drive by and wave and stuff. I feel like I would do the same thing. I used to do that to my grandfather. Every time we would drive out through that road, I would wave to him. Really? Like, uh-huh. Either on the bus or, uh, like, with Tiffany and them. Just don't ever picture you riding the bus. <laughs> why i don't know and i love my bus driver i know colby asked me the other day he's like did you ever ride the bus i was like all the fucking time both my parents worked of course i rode the bus yeah but like that's just the difference with growing up with a mom that stayed home versus the household that both parents work yeah like that wouldn't of course i rode the bus like that doesn't even make sense to me that you didn't you know yeah he never did i think he did some but i think it was by choice yeah I could be wrong. He's probably going to listen to this and be like, not at all. <laughs> y'all, thank y'all so much for sending in all of these awesome stories. Keep them coming. Send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.